Welcome to Jets Rewind. This is Marty Shupak. I'm joined by Ray Clifford. We are both in Marysville, Ohio, uh, at two separate locations. I'm on the tail end of a wonderful few days I spent with Ray. Where we went to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, had a great time there. I recommend you all go to see it, especially if you're a Joe Namath fan. They have a great exhibit with him. Ray, how you doing? Uh, been better. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't what I hoped for when we got up early to watch that. Right. It's uh, two o'clock Sunday, um, October tenth, uh, two thousand twenty-one, and <clears throat> it's about an hour and a half after the Jets lost the game to the Atlanta Falcons in London, England. 27-20, the Jets record stands at one and four. I'm just going to give a minute, uh, some opening remarks, and then I'm going to have Ray give his remarks, and then we're going to go in depth on a couple of items. Um, I just thought for the Jets to go over to London and to put on the field what we saw is a little bit of an embarrassment, especially the first half. And it's become typical Jets that in the first half, they're like just spinning their wheels either on offense or on the big third down plays. And we're going to discuss our offensive coordinator, but it was just putrid. It wasn't helped on the first drive by Atlanta on a third down play, which is one of the worst calls I ever saw. They called roughing the passer on, I guess it was Quincy Williams where he could not stop his momentum. And he just hit uh, Matt Ryan as he let go of the ball. The ball. And <clears throat> The Jets, for all intents and purposes, the game was over in the first half. They were lucky enough. Their two biggest plays were the opening kickoff in the second half by Coleman. And also there was a pass interference call uh, on the coverage of Elijah Moore, who I thought was open numerous times. And Zach Wilson didn't see him. One time he was going the opposite way, which is understandable. But all we heard in preseason about Elijah Moore was he was the best athlete they ever saw in a football training camp. And I heard that from multiple Jet beat writers. And we're in the fourth game. I know he missed the game, but we're still waiting for him to do something. So it was such a disappointment. And that's after coming off a victory against the Titans that they won in overtime. I really thought, Ray, that uh, the Jets were in such a position to win this game. Everything was going their way with the wide receivers out for Atlanta, starting wide receivers. Uh, they had no answer for Kyle Pitts, the gifted rookie tight end. All in all, I just want to say it was one of the most disappointing uh, Jet games I've been associated with, and I've been associated with lots of them. So, Ray, I'll turn it over to you. And then we'll try to get into the nitty gritty. Well, first, yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, the first thing that worried me was, and as long as I can remember, the second everybody starts jumping on the Jets bandwagon, the wheels fall off the bandwagon. And we, we watched the pregame on the NFL Network and everyone picked the Jets. And I, I said to you, that makes me nervous because that, is never a good, has never been a good sign. And <clears throat> I, I can't help but wonder if the first half would have played out 
a lot differently or about the same other than they wouldn't have driven down and gotten the uh, initial score that that <clears throat> basically they, they called uh, Quincy Williams a penalty for he hit Matt Ryan too hard. I mean, we're playing football here. That was a textbook perfect tackle on that sack. He didn't hit him with his helmet. His head was off to the side. He wrapped him up. He brought him to the ground. He hit him hard. Yeah, he didn't hit him. What I I don't even know what too hard is since it's again we we talked in the other uh, podcast about judgment calls. There is a judgment call. I I don't think that fell into roughing the passer in any way not even close so it got us off on a bad start but uh right just one correction it, it wasn't a sack he got rid of the ball oh that's true he did but still it, it it was it caused a bad it, throw but it, it wasn't, wasn't even close though in no my mind. but go ahead no no it wasn't and and, and that would have been it and they would have punted that was that was third down too right. so it would have ended that initial drive so they wouldn't have scored regardless um after that, it just seemed like Atlanta got rolling and we didn't have an answer on defense. And as usual, our offense started out with a big old sputter for the whole better, better part of the whole first half, you know, most of it. Um, and that's where LaFleur and Zach come into the equation. I, I put it more on LaFleur. I think he's, he, he's a, he, he to me, as far as a, Offensive coordinators go, again, especially going against defenses, he looks like a, a freshman going up against seniors. He, he just – he looks overmatched right now. He, he doesn't have – to me, and we can get into it in more detail later, but he, he's got to think more in terms of getting a flow and something going and, and, and work off of that. I mean, it just seems like it's, uh, you know, a j- bunch of jumps and starts and, and – you know, you gotta, there's no, it doesn't seem to be a flow to the offense. So the first half was brutal to watch. Um, but they, you know, they, at least they showed up in the second half, especially on defense and they made some plays and they made the game interesting and really fourth and 13 and we get off the field and we have a chance to go down and, and uh, take the game. And instead they give up a 14 yard pass to the, number three or four or five receiver on the team. And uh, that's, that, that was really the beginning of the end right there. Ray, I want to just uh, talk about three things. And we're not going to get into a lot of detail like we always do, but um, it, it was so bothersome. The first thing is, and you alluded to it, uh, the defense, when it was third down and uh, one, I think that one time it was fourth down and they got the first down and I, I couldn't believe it in the third quarter when they, they said that um, Atlanta was like eight for 13 on third downs. I really thought it was like 12 for 13, <laughs> you know, it was just unbelievable. And it, they just cannot make a stop. And it was a combination that they couldn't really get their pass rush. Like they had last week. Um, there was one full rush by I think uh, rankings on one play and um, Queen and Williams had another nice rush. Uh, Bryce uh, Huff made a play downfield, but he really wasn't in the backfield at all, maybe once. And the fact that we couldn't make a stop on a third down play, and like you said, Ray, the biggest play of the game 
was a third and 13. Bryce Hall, who was having a pretty good game, he, he didn't come through. He really didn't. And too much cushion on a, on a number three receiver. Too much cushion. Again, the starting receivers were out. I've been touting him, and I even said in the last show, they, everyone's saying we're looking for a number one DB, and I thought, well, he might be a number one DB, but I don't think he's quite there yet. I just want to point out uh, one player. Um, well, well, we'll go over a couple of players, but except for making one play since he's been with the team, this Shaq Lawson, he, this guy's a waste. I don't see – he's number 50, I believe. Right. I, I don't see him anywhere. This guy is such a waste of a player. I mean, I don't know what they could do if they could – who's the tall guy you mentioned that they picked up? I was just going to say, I think we might be seeing more of Tim Ward. He made a couple put plays Tim, right in a row. Put Tim yeah. Ward in. I didn't realize he was that tall, but, boy, yeah. he he's a big boy. I would get him in there a little more. Yeah. Maybe and, I mean, what – What's your take on this Shaq Lawson before we get to individual players? You know, um, I, I, you know, it's hard to say he's been bad. I don't hear his name being called at all. So I don't know if he's, you know, I don't know that he's missing any tackles, but he's not, he's not like what I think Carl Lawson would have been. Let's put it that way. I don't think he's really, he's not creating any havoc in the, in the backfield for the quarterback or, or getting back there and, you know, busting up plays in the backfield with a running play or anything. So he doesn't seem to be uh, doing a whole lot of, of anything at this point. I'm not going to say he's horrible either, because I don't know that he's getting beaten either. He's just not making any, any plays to stand out. So um, I, I was a little disappointed that I, I felt like we were cushioning a lot of the guys. I mean, I thought Matt Ryan got well-protected and, and he was thrown to guys who seemed to be wide open. And, and then he made some really nice passes, and they made some really nice catches a couple of times too. So it wasn't all just the defense. But, boy, they, you know, if he's got time back there, you know, I, I had said in the pregame that Matt Ryan's far better than Ryan Tannehill. And, and he is. I, I think you would have seen the difference if it was Tannehill trying to make those throws opposed to Ryan. And Michael Shupak called me from New Jersey, Ray, one of the calls that he said right before the game, said, Dad, I always thought Matt Ryan was underrated. I know he blew that Super Bowl against the Patriots with that team, but I always thought when I watch him, that guy is cool under pressure. Yeah. And, and, and he did well. Uh, with the defense, uh, while we're on them, um, Brandon Eccles, um, you know, he made some tackles. Bryce Hall, I thought, was he made some good plays, but he gave up that big play. Uh, Quincy Williams, I don't think he was – I think he was pretty good today. Ashton Davis, uh, Ray, you know, maybe I have my own bias, but he gave up a big third down play. But on some plays, he was just like a hair away from making the play. And I don't know if, if he's not just not good enough or he's only been back like a game and a half. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm sorry? It's hard, to say. it's hard to say, but, yeah, it could just be, you know – time and, and as he gets more comfortable being back there he might be reacting a little quicker but uh you're you know i think you're right he, he wasn't he wasn't getting burned but he was just off just, he by was a hair. just off by yeah. hair so i you know let's see if he could get his timing down he he's a fast guy again he's been out uh shaq lawson we spoke about cj Mose. i thought he had a pretty good game he caused that fumble 
Uh, Sherrod uh, Niesman, I thought he was pretty good on a couple of plays, but other than that, he didn't stand out. Foley Fadakasi was just okay. Tim Ward, we both think he did pretty well. Michael Carter II had his worst game of the year, I thought. Um, he was burnt a bit by Pitts a couple of times he was on him. And this Kyle Pitts, wh whatever you say, this guy is some player. I mean, even yeah. his first catch, we were watching together. That one-handed one catch was, was very good. Um, Gerard Wilson, he had that pass at the fair and score. It was a it was dumb terrible one. holding his jersey. <laughs> it was a, yeah, that yeah. was pretty obvious. He couldn't uh, right. Yeah, uh, you know, let the guy drag you across the field so you can stay up with him. Yeah, uh, Sheldon Rankins. I didn't think he was bad. I didn't think he was great. He was just okay. He made some plays. Nathan Shepard. I mean, Ray. <laughs> Two more penalties. <laughs> What what's the point of playing this guy? I mean, he's he's killing us. The guy's a disease. That yeah. five penalties in two games, <laughs> and and it's not that he's making spectacular plays. Besides that, he's no. not making real plays. He had um one tackle and two assists, and yeah. it cost us. It's just getting beyond belief. Who's the rookie we got? The six round pick, uh, Marshall. Yeah. I think you got to, you know, see what he could do at this point. You know, Shepard's terrible. Look, John Franklin Myers signed a big contract, but he was invisible. He made like one or two plays. Their, their line was good, though. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to say that he would have done anything regardless. I, I think they packed it in. They weren't given, the, you know, the gaps like Tennessee was. And, I mean, they're, they're really nobody was getting – much pressure on him. Like we said, there was, there was the penalty on Quincy Williams. Quinnen got one and he got a holding call on it, but he was taken down. And then uh, uh, I can't remember what's his name on the other one. Was it a huff on the other pressure? And other than that, yeah, you know, we might've gotten close a couple of times, but nothing really. It just shows you last week we had seven sacks. This week we had zero sacks, Yeah, which is incredible. Um, so that, that was it. I mean, the, the defense, which we've been touting that they were better than we thought, they, they could not make a, a stop. And, you know, again, besides Pitts, it was the, wasn't their frontline receivers. So, uh, you know, hopefully this will change after the bye. But, you know, th this season could really tumble down very fast right now. We're uh, one and four in – Next up is the Patriots. And uh, that brings me to uh, Zach Wilson, our um, tattered quarterback that Ralph Sherega loves. You notice I'm not including myself with it. After last week, he made plays. He's off the bandwagon. <laughs> off the bandwagon. He made plays last week going off script. Uh, but this week, he, he was so bad. It was just, it was beyond awful, really. I mean, forget any statistics that you may see, he put together some plays in the fourth quarter where they gave it to him going under, but he was missing some short passes. He missed, and I think it was Crowder, on a quick out or a wide receiver screen, and you were going crazy, right? You were going to say, I don't believe it. Look at all the room that guy would have, too. He, and there was he, another he play where we scored a touchdown on that drive, and we ended right. up settling for a field goal. That was there, in the first half. There was another play where um, – uh, he had a chance to run three yards for a first down. He ended up throwing it. But some of his throwing, throwing it out of bounds, by the way. 
Yeah. He overthrew him out of bounds. It was like, um, you know, right then a first down was important. He, he was very inconsistent, very inconsistent. For a while, it scared me because that pick was a bad pick. That was a that was a bad decision to even throw that ball and just hang it up there. Um, but he, he's not accurate. He's, he's not, not accurate right now. And out of college, that's the one thing they said about him. He's accurate. And Ray, he he's locking into one receiver. I mean, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I see on, on some of his complete. You mean on, on each route or all game long? Because it seemed like not, not all was. game, but on a lot of them, I see him locking in. I really not. Uh, they got a break. Denzel Mims had a couple big catches. Who? So. Yeah, for all <laughs> you Denzel Mims fans, he showed up. He had a couple of catches, which was nice. And actually, the first catch there was a chance he would have broken away. Um, but um, Zach Wilson, I mean, listen, this is a time and we've gone, we've exhausted this about, we wish we had that veteran quarterback where maybe you could sit him for a game or two and just start to absorb things. Cause I, this could spiral out of control. There's no way they're going to beat the Patriots now. I just don't see it up at Foxborough. And well, Patriots aren't all that great right no, now. No, I know. But and the one thing that worries me too, Ray. I mean, again, and I, I said it. We've been hearing about Elijah Moore. He was open a number of times, and he never saw him. The one time he saw him, they, that was a pass interference. Yeah. But um, you got to get that guy involved in the offense. You have to get him involved. And not having a tight end again, we've exhausted this, is is killing us, and it's not helping him out at all. The one thing I'll say is uh, on offense, just getting away from Zach Wilson for a second, is that I really like Michael Carter, the running back. I, I think yeah, he was he's the real deal. Yeah, he's the real deal. He was so close to just uh, breaking one. I know he did an illegal shift or he lined up wrong on one play, which was wrong. The guy's a rookie, but I have high hopes for him. So Ralph, oh, so Ralph, Ralph, Ray, <laughs> give me your take on uh, Zach Wilson now. Anything that I might have missed? Well, the one thing that is continuing was what we talked about before was his short passes are, are not there. He's, I mean, yeah, he threw, you know, he threw the 50 yarder to Davis on a dime, you know, running to his right. But if the pass is 10 yards or less, he's hitting them in the shoe, in the, in the shoe tops and, you know, putting it on their shoestrings. Um, and, and the guy's wide open. That, that throw to Crowder killed that drive. We probably could have and should have come away with a touchdown. If he didn't score on that throw, we'd have probably been knocking on the door of the end zone had he just gotten that ball to Crowder and he short hopped him. But he's been doing it all year. Although, I mean, I want to say it's correctable. Well, it is, but maybe, uh, maybe tell him. And I, I think I said this during the game. I don't care. I'd rather see the guy drop it because you threw it too hard than watch you short hop one, drill it to him and hit him right in the numbers. I don't care how hard you throw it, but make sure you get it to him. They'll adjust and make catches no matter how hard you throw it. I mean, obviously if you're five feet away, you didn't know, but that throw, he could have thrown it harder, put it on the numbers and let the guy catch it and go this, you know, he's killed several drives just by not hitting simple passes. The other thing I noticed is, even on the crossing patterns a lot, if you notice, it's behind the guy. We spoke about that. Yeah. It is. 
I don't know what, and we're talking about even the completions. Yes. He's behind here. And, and I can't understand why he can't lead these players. I don't get it. I don't know what's going on. He's got a strong enough arm. I don't know if it's just he's he's not feeling that confidence. So he's, he's maybe aiming it a little, trying too hard to be perfect. He's just got to let it rip and, uh, and let the ball, you know, he's, he's accurate here. You know, you could tell from the, the tape, he's accurate. I think it's in his head a little bit now. And I think he's just got to let it rip as far as a uh, vet. I agree, but I don't think I'd sit him. I think, I think he needs a vet just to be there in the film room, to be there in practice and to be there on the sideline when he comes off. And, uh, I, I don't know if it was just rumor or what, if they're really talking to him, but I saw something about the Jets and McCown talking and I was like, boy, boy, would I be happy if they did that. Right. I don't know starting, but boy, would that be a good guy to, to be sitting there on the sideline to talk to him at, at when he comes off the field. Cause I think he really needs somebody. Matt Cavanaugh to me is doing nothing. I, I'm, I don't know what he's doing. Cause I don't see any, any difference from one week to the next. To right. This- and what Ray is referring to is a, a tweet that I got on Twitter that the Jets are one of a couple of teams or a few teams that are monitoring the Josh McCown situation. I don't know what that means. If he's thinking of getting involved in the team with coaching as a quarterback's coach, as an assistant offensive um, um, someone, consultant. But he's a guy that both Ray and I, and I think even Ralph would like to, if he could come back to New York and, um, you know, he does a, he did a pretty good job when he was there as friends and, and a mentor to Sam Donald. I'm not saying he did a great job, but I, I think he's the type of guy I'd like to have. All right. Now, Ray, we're going to get to your favorite topic, <laughs> which I left for last. And leading into this, I just want to mention the Jets have played five games in all five games, they have zero first half touchdowns. I mean, yeah, you keep looking oh, up, right? We didn't we score scored. a touchdown last week at the end of the half? Did we? I thought we got one in the second quarter. We have zero in the first quarter. I thought we had one at the end of the half. Well, let's say the first quarter then. We have zero. Yeah. Okay. And this is. This is supposed to be after you have a week of practice where, again, and I, I've said this before, these guys work 20 hours a day, and they usually script the first 10 to 20 plays. But to me, the biggest disappointment this year is not uh, Zach Wilson. Um, it's not Robert Sala. It's Mike LaFleur. I said it last week. I, I just think that this guy, I'm sure he's a nice kid. He's young. Uh, he has put in a lot of time in the NFL. I, I think, Ray, this guy might be over his head. It, to me, some of the plays we're calling, it, it looks like the opposition has our playbook right on their sideline. Like, they know exactly what's coming up, and it's just, it's just frustrating. Like you said, we can't get any sort of drive or any sort of flow. And it's just, it's very frustrating. And I'll be honest with you, the offensive line today did not do a bad job till the very end when they gave up a couple of sacks. Yeah. They opened up some holes. We didn't have a tremendous running game, but they, for all intents and purposes, mm-hmm. they gave Zach Wilson enough time. 
But some of the play calling, I mean, we're having too many plays, not just runs, but passes for negative yardage that are just not happening. And we're seeing things that shouldn't happen where a screenplay is set up and the lineman is in the wrong position. The ball is hitting him in his uh, tush where it should be going to the running back. So I, I just think Mike LaFleur, I don't know what the options are. You don't like Matt Cavanaugh. He's been an offensive coordinator. I would, at this point, give him a shot to call the plays. But I think he's the biggest disappointment of the season so far with the New York Jets. Ray? Well, he's going to catch a lot of heat. I'm I'm sure he has been uh, because I think a lot of people are not happy with the play calling by LaFleur. And and Zach is part of the problem, but but the play calls are a lot of it to me personally. I, I just think he's in this mindset of everything, push it down the field, push it down. No, don't push it down the field. It, you know, take your shot down the field, but get a flow going, get a drive going, get some consistency, get some, get some, just some rhythm and, and make plays. Short passes are fine. We don't need to, you know, we don't need these 50 yard bombs every time. It seemed like, the one series um, after we scored the touchdown, we had a, we got a first down running the ball or whatever. Next thing I know, he's throwing it down the field uh, for 40 yards. Why, why do we have to do that? Look at what Atlanta did. They didn't, I don't know if he threw more than one really deep. And I mean, deep pass, not just, you know, like more than 20 yards in the air. I think they might've thrown one or I think there was one. It might've been to uh not the uh, Kyle Pitts, that other receiver. But other than that, yeah. it was always controlled things along, you know, in the middle, off to the side. And as far as, you know, the screen pass, maybe that's on the running back. Who knows? Maybe he shouldn't have run in front of Moses. I don't know which happened, but it was like, how yeah. frustrating was that? Because that looked like that play was set up too. But the other thing, he threw two times, he threw out wide to the receiver. And that ball took so long to get there that both guys got clobbered as soon as they caught it. Right, right. And I was like, and then Atlanta threw one. I mean, he had that ball out and zipped over the guy, and yeah, he had time to make a move on the Jets. It didn't turn into a big play for them, but I was like, at least he had time to catch the ball yeah. and, you know, see what he had to do. But both times they tried that with it, it was just long. It, I was like, that ball's never going to get there. And then when it did, it was about the time he got his hands on it, they were getting tackled. So, I don't like I don't like the play calls. I don't think it. I don't think he has a. I don't think he's got it where he's got a rhythm going of just you know mix it up and and just keep the clock you know not the clock but keep the yardsticks moving and and just work your way down the field, which only helps our defense and it helps us right. wear out their defense and other things will work later take your shot down the field after you've been doing a bunch of short stuff. And then all of a sudden when they're crowding the line or whatever, then you hit it deep. He's not, it just, I don't know. It just seems like everything is let's go for the big play. Let's go for the big play. He just does it too much for me. Well, Ray, it's the old saying, you know, develop a running game and then, and then do a play action to a shorter middle of the field, which would work. Two, we're just not there yet. And uh, just going over a couple of players, I thought Corey Davis was pretty good. I thought one play at the end where he called an eight-yard pass, he went out of bounds and stopped the clock. I want him to – I thought it was too lazy. He should have reached up forward, tried to, to, to the sixth, get the first down. Keelan Cole, 
man, this guy, you know, when they throw him the ball, he looks pretty good. You know, yeah, he's, he's, he's been making some plays here the last couple of weeks. Two receptions. Uh, uh, Denzel Mims had two receptions in the fourth quarter. Another pass that um, was thrown to him was just not even close. It was out of bounds over his head. Oh, way over his head. Yeah, Jamerson Crowder was targeted six times, had four catches. He had one drop, I believe. He did have one drop. Yeah. But and, uh, I was more upset by the short hop. On yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. Ty Johnson had two receptions, 22. I think that was, could have been garbage time. And Michael Carter had three, three receptions for 20. And um, Russian, he had uh, 10 rushes for 38 yards. But it's a little deceptive because if you watched him, two plays especially, he was like a hand away from like breaking it for some good yardage. So keep an eye on this guy. So listen, it was a... I don't even say a heartbreaking loss. It was kind of a torturous loss. It was like the Chinese drop torture. <laughs> you know, it was just going. Well, yeah, they came back and made it, and you know, they an did. But but they couldn't yeah, make that went right back to fourth it. and thirteen stop. They just can't make that big stop. And this has been going on forever and ever and ever. Give Matt Ryan credit. I mean, whatever you say, he wasn't under pressure, whatever. But he made plays. And yeah. like you said, Ray, the guy seemed like open by yards. It was just, oh, yeah. you know, it was just unbelievable. So that's, uh, that's pressure too. You haven't got to right. get rid of the ball as fast. So, you know, you, you can't stay with receivers forever. So I get that. Um, I, I want to, um, we had two tip passes at the line of scrimmage, which was good. And, um, you know, we, we got to build on this with this defensive line. I mean, I, you know, last week, even though we won the game, it was screen passes that killed us. Yeah. But, um, you know, there was like, a, there was that play, I think I told you, where Ryan threw the ball into the right flat. And, man, I'll tell you, if it, Quincy Williams wasn't in the play, but a fast guy like that, if he was coming up and had his head up, yeah. he would have had a pick six. We yeah. just um, we just don't get turnovers. I think we had, what, one or two fumbles today? At least one. I think two, maybe. Did but we, we get both the fumbles? Yeah. I think we did. Fumbles, but we haven't had any interceptions. We just don't no, intercept. We can't pick off a ball to save our life. Yeah. Even when it's right there for us to take. <laughs> That's You're absolutely right. Um, I mean, I don't know. I'm going to have to go back and look. But have we not done a three and out on offense in every game on our first drive? Or have we actually gotten a first down on our? We might have done it. I, can't I remember. Mean, you, you can have fun looking. I didn't even want to know, to be honest uh, with you. I know. My <laughs> guess is it won't be hard to figure out. Keep, but I, I can't remember getting a first down in the in the first quarter very often. Well, I'll say this. You said there'll be a, a little bit of pressure on Mike LaFleur. I saw a tweet by um, our friend uh, uh, Rich Samini after the game, and he, and he made reference to him that what – the way the Jets have started out is just embarrassing. Okay. So keep an eye on Rich Semini. I'm sure he'll have some statistics through the week. He's Rich is very good like that. Uh, any last thoughts, Ray? Was he talking about starting out games or starting out the year? Was starting he out games on yeah, offense. Yeah. Terrible. Just, yeah, Terrible. horrible. It was just horrific what, what's, what's going on. It really is. It's just – it's a combination of, of boring and embarrassing, you know, really. I mean, when we start out, we just look like we're overmatched no matter who we're playing. And even the game against the Titans, we looked overmatched in the first quarter and a half on offense. 
it's just brutal. I mean, Robert Sal has got to do something. He's a head coach. Yeah. And, you know, he's in a tight spot. And I'll tell you why. He was the best man at Matt LaFleur's wedding. Or it could have been the other way around. So obviously, and we know that he hired his brother, Mike LaFleur, uh, because he knew the family. And he knows him. He's very close to them. But that puts him in a tough spot where, you know, another coach might have made changes uh when they really had to be made. And, and, you know, I don't want to say it's like he's going to be here a couple of years, two or three years, but he's going to learn one day that sometimes you got to do certain things to save your job and what's, what's good for the team and the organization. Really? You have to do that. Oh, I'm, I'm laughing because he's, he's, he's going to be here for a long time, two or three, well, two or three, at least. <laughs> we know. I mean, <laughs> yeah. The future is bright. That's it. <laughs> Ray, don't buy, don't buy any Zach Wilson jerseys, okay? Yeah. Remember, Matt Corral. That's I can put my Brett Favre and my Mark Sanchez and, my, <laughs> and all my other. You, you, you know, it's funny. We were at the Hall of Fame, and I was talking to this guy. I went up to him. He was getting um, looking at the Baltimore Ravens jerseys. And I, you know, I just start talking. I say, oh, you're a Raven? He goes, no, my girlfriend is. I'm a Steeler fan. I go, wow, that must make for some good games. And he said, I, I was wearing my jet hat. He said, you're a jet hat? I go, yeah. He said, you know, there's a rack over there. They have stuff on sale for like uh, $15 jerseys. And I said, what is it, Brett Favre jerseys? He goes, yeah, I think it is. So I said, that's okay. <laughs> I don't need them. Ray, any last thoughts on the game? Or we'll move on. Disappointed. Uh, glad they made it a game at the end, at least. Because I really thought there was a chance it was going to end up like 50 to 10. And uh, they actually, you know, you take you, you make the stop on that fourth and 13. And, and we actually have a shot to somehow win that game. But, you know, we didn't. But at least it, it, it turned into less than a, a debacle than I thought it was going to be at halftime. Yeah. But. We got two weeks, so um, I think if they're going to show any change and improvement, you know, that's when you work on it, and let's see if we can uh, sneak a win against the Patriots. The Patriots aren't playing the greatest either, so it's not like they're they're like the Patriots of old where, you know, you, you just assume you're going to go in and get steamrolled. But well, that, that's what I assume, Ray. We're, we're I know, right. for it. I'm but sorry. You're always, but you're a big BB fan, so that's I am. I am. <laughs> All right, for uh, Ray Clifford and Marty Shupak, uh, listen, all Jet fans, you know, just um, keep bleeding green. And um, one day we'll get there and enjoy the bye week until next time.